Welcome to the Future Returns Business Podcast Series. My name is Catherine Matthews at Aruda Corporate Alliances, and you can tune in anytime to listen to the inspiring life stories and insights of thought leaders as we go deeper into the rich cultural and strategic matrix of doing global business. You can revisit the podcasts at the website, catherinematthews.com forward slash podcasts. Thank you for joining me. Basker is a political and professional savvy, soulful artist. This actress and writer has been fueling her own authentic creativity and expression in Hindi short and commercial films since 2009. Swara mirrors the new India ethos and has not lost perspective of who she is. This is leadership. On location in Gurugaon, Mumbai, I met with Swara, who was completing a short film on suicide, an unspoken topic in India. The meeting with Swara was meant to be, and my deja vu dream moment of some six months back, depicting the steep staircase climb of a two-story property in the lush hillside location to find Swara playing the role of a psychologist, counselling the leading male actor, magnified the importance to convey this taboo social issue. Equally important, this validates Suarez's preparedness to remain grounded in the commercial media world and accept the roles beyond the paradigm of traditional and socially commoditized characters for women. The recipient of numerous industry awards, Suarez's highly successful role in the Bollywood film Prem Ratan Dan Pale with Salman Khan and Sonam Kapoor confirms this phoenix rising role model is one to watch in the film and public speaking arena. Swara is preparing to film the much-anticipated romantic comedy Vera De Wedding with superstar celebrities Karina Kapoor, Sonam Kapoor and Sheikha Talsania. Swara's refreshing uniqueness and rawness to her professional career reflects her innate perseverance and dedication to evolve as a performer to claim her rightful rising status in media and as a champion for the rights of minority groups. I asked Swara about the role of film as a medium for social change. Films are a very, very potent and a very powerful medium for not just storytelling, but even just the communication of ideas and beliefs. India, as you must be well aware, is a film-watching audience and market since 1913. We have one of the oldest film industries and the biggest film industry in the world. We produce a hitting 1,000 films a year, I think. I think that's the number. And I think that's just in, yeah, I think it's 1,000. And as a people, I think we are people who are addicted to stories. Indians love stories. And uh, I've always felt that any medium that communicates it's a visual medium. So it communicates in a way that is deeply universal. We're also a country that is very illiterate. You know, there's a very high level of illiteracy. So films are in that sense very accessible, a very universal medium, right? Because you're watching a story that can, through your eyes, go straight to your mind and your heart. and your. So I think that there is a real 
you know, a very real transformative power that films have. And I think that it can really be used in ways that can, in positive ways that can, that can produce a kind of a critical rationality in any society. And I think that that's happened. We have a history of some very good films that have actually played that role. I mean, I know that we also have a whole bunch of very formula kind of films that are more purely entertainment-based and kind of only focused towards making the big bucks at the box office and, and uh, sort of entertaining people. But we have consistently produced also films that are very high in content and that really play a role in terms of asking certain you know, very important questions in terms of getting the audience, challenging the audience to think in new ways. And this is not something that is happening now. This is something that's been happening since the you know, 40s or, you know, since the early early period of Indian cinema. So, yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I, I feel very privileged to be in working in an industry that is actually has so much potential. And the more I travel and the more I move around I and interact with people, this belief of mine gets gets more and more sort of solidified. The relevance of film in 2017 is just as important as it was, you know, 50 or 100 years ago in the sense that you are telling a story. And therefore, how important is it that you are not typecasted into specific roles in order that you remain true to your core values? It's kind of like a double-edged sword. I don't know that you can avoid this risk of being typecast completely. Because, you know, there is a way, in, uh, and I think that this is something, for example, that I, anybody who is in, in the business of public engagement runs the risk of being typecast because perception is something that is actually very hard to control. And that's why you have people in marketing and image managers and, you know, PR people and so on, right? I think for me personally, my own trajectory and the tra- trajectory of my career has been basically doing everything that traditionally a heroine should not. So I started off being uh, my career. I'm an outsider to the film industry. I don't have any, like, I did not have a contact in the industry. I've worked my way kind of the slow and steady up the ladder from, you know, smaller supporting roles. My first film was where I played, the, my big break was a film called Tanu Ed's Manu, where I played the heroine's best friend. That's like a big no-no for a girl who wants to become a heroine. You never play the best friend, right? <laughs> then my other big film, Ranjana, was a film where I'm the jilted lover, where I'm the girl who doesn't get the hero. Again, a big no-no, right? If you want to go down the traditional heroine route. Then Prem Ratan Dhanpayo was a film where I played Salman Khan, who's Bollywood's like one of the biggest superstars in Bollywood. His sister. Like, who does that? Like, who plays Salman <laughs> Khan's sister? Like, what idiot does that? So that's another rule broken. Then uh, Nil Bate Sanata is a film where I played the mother of a 15-year-old. So we traditionally try, as heroines, you're told that you should play younger roles, you know, age groups that are younger to yourself. I was not just playing an age group that was older than myself. I was playing the mother, not of a newborn, but of a 15-year-old teenager. And I had to put on eight kilos for the role. And then I did this. My last film was a film called Anarkali of Ara, which is a very, very sort of, you could say controversial subject. It was a very bold film, but it was also an indie film, which is a very risky sort of thing to do and the kind of subject that it was. So I think that I've basically avoided being typecast by just doing everything that you're not supposed to do. You know, when you do everything you're not supposed to, you break all the rules, then what are they going to bind you into? There is a changing space in the type of content provided in India. And one of the reasons I was drawn to you, Swara, is because during this industry transition, you've not sacrificed your own individuality and you're prepared to put your hand up to deliver the content, which pushes the traditional industry and social boundaries. What role are you playing at the moment? 
So this one is actually a short film. Uh, I think that in India, you know, the the digital space has really opened up. So there's a lot of content that is non-theatrical and cinematic uh, release films that is being produced, whether it's web series or it's short films and and so on. So this one is a short film that is basically around the whole issue of suicide and suicide prevention. So in that sense, it's actually very a very important. yeah, it's it's very important. It's also you know, it's sort of linked to depression. India is a country where you know mental health is something that we don't. as a people we don't talk about enough we don't pay enough attention to it we have a slightly callous attitude i think i'm i'm saying largely yeah. speaking as a culture to mental health and it's only now that in the media this conversation is kind of becoming very relevant and it's people are talking about it depression is one of it, it is a huge disease in india and it's it, it's almost people say it's a silent killer and it's a disease that is not often recognized uh, the government is sort of di- discussing and debating a mental health care act and a mental health care bill so i think that in that sense the short film is a very relevant film mm-hmm. yeah i i think that it's it's nice to be part of something that you know the internet has a very wide reach and you know that mm-hmm. uh-huh. so uh, it's nice to be part of kind of positive content and content that is taking a stand content that is pushing boundaries that is getting into conversations that are uncomfortable but important to, to have so yeah that's actually what i'm doing right now it's a short so it's not it's not that much shooting uh, uh, days and after this i will get into a more traditional film schedule for like the next two and a half three months which is a commercial film with uh, commercial big commercial actors it's called vire the wedding which translates into kind of like my bros wedding it's about four girls again a very uh, actually again a very a positive and sort of empowering story about four young urban women which is uh, essayed by Karina Kapoor Sonam Kapoor me and uh, Shikha Talsania where yeah it's a really fun film about four girlfriends who are all dealing with like issues in life and it's it's a very nice sort of it doesn't have any major hero so that's a great thing for a commercial bollywood film and it it's really empowered urban women so i think that again breaking some new ground in bollywood i hope in 2010 you visited syria is that correct yes and, and so gaza. and gaza and so what was the reason for going and secondly what impression did that leave on you then and when you reflect back on it is there something that you would have done differently while you were there it was actually very interesting it was called the first asian caravan to gaza it was a group of activists and students and some of us were artists some of us were uh, people from religious organizations it was a really motley group with very different political opinions <laughs> yeah i mean really it was it we we had very you know differing political opinions from each other there was people from both ends of the spectrum from some very sort of i would even go as far as to say fundamentalist islamic kind of people to like leftist radical trade unionists that was the whole spectrum <laughs> of us and uh, we were carrying medical aid to gaza we were people from 13 asian countries it was the first asian group all asian group going to gaza and it was kind of in the in the wake actually of the mavi marmara bombing of the turkish ship so it was a very high kind of drama and high tension uh, period but it was great fun we went, i was it was a land route that went from delhi via pakistan to iran and then to syria no turkey syria 
And then we were supposed to go to Lebanon, but the Hezbollah told us that they cannot guarantee our security, which is understandable. <laughs> so I joined the group in Turkey and then we went on to Syria. And then we actually ended up staying two weeks in Syria because the Iranians and the Egyptians have problems, right? So we had to go via Egypt. So Egypt didn't give the Iranians visa. So we were for two weeks in Syria and it was amazing. And then we spent another week in Gaza. I mean, that trip changed my life because, you know, it's a part of the world you don't traditionally go to as tourists. It's beautiful. And uh, people in Syria and in Gaza, they are so warm and they are so actually so open. I know that there is a, a stereotype about Arabs being very closed and very, but they're actually really warm. They're really welcoming. They have, and again, because of Bollywood, they are huge fans of Bollywood. It's, it's a huge market for Bollywood. They watch Bollywood films. I mean, you won't believe in Gaza, which is like just had, had been bombed. There were girls being like, can you, do you know Shahid Kapoor? Can you give him a message from us? You know, we just watched Jab We Met and they were writing notes to me and giving it to pass on to him. They were fans of like, I, I found, I met fans from Raj Kapoor, Dilip Kumar onwards, down to Amitabh Bachchan, down to Shah Rukh, Salman, Akshay Kumar. Like they were fans of everyone. There was a taxi driver who was like, have you ever seen Hema Malini? I really love her. And I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> so it was amazing. It was also, the, it was two months before the Arab Spring. So we had a great time. I mean, I have so many stories from that. I, I think that my biggest takeaway were two things. One, that, you know, our world is, it's so big. Mm. And despite, it's so diverse. And despite the fact that, and not everyone speaks English, you know, as, as Indians who have been British subjects for 200 years and now are, you know, very much part of the English-speaking world, we assume that everyone speaks English, but really they don't. I think that despite the fact that there's so much violence in our world and there's so many wars and there's so much negative stuff happening in our world, the world is such a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. It's just there's so much to discover and learn and there's so much potential for positivity, actually. Is that what the Bollywood films actually do to give people hope and, you know, to sometimes perhaps escape from the... The troubles. Yeah. Do you see that? I think yeah. so. I, it's almost like a, a form of therapy. I think so. I, I really do think so. And I think that it's actually, I have a lot of friends who are very hardcore, anti-commercial cinema friends and who are like, what are you doing in that industry? And I always tell them that, you know, there is a place for that cinema as well. There is a place for that formula film. There is a place for that high entertainment film because it is doing something. It is giving people aspiration. It is giving people dreams. I mean, I am addicted to this Bollywood. It's not a Bollywood film even. It's an Indian. Indian, Indian film, it's a Telugu film called Bahubali, you know, one and two, which is kind of like it has smashed the box office, the the series mm-hmm. recently, and it's a it's a it's a fantasy film, and some parts of it are actually quite regressive. But I am obsessed with that film because it's. I, I keep telling my friends that you know I'm politically so depressed in the current times with what is happening in our country that this film is like you know offering me this the good king, this prototype of the good king, and like this fantasy of like this land where you know good will win over evil. <laughs> and, So, yeah, I think so. But, you know, the other thing that I really feel uh, that I'm sorry, I'm going back to Syria is that I got back from my travels to that part of the world. And the first thing I told my mother is, you know, mom, the most amazing thing about India is that even a beggar in this country doesn't feel scared to criticize the government. And that is so special. And I say that because I feel like we're losing that quality as in our country today, as a people, as a polity, as a society and in our media, most certainly. And I think that that is a very sad thing. I'm speaking with actress Swara Basker on location in Mumbai. In Prime Minister Modi's Independence Day speech, he made reference to the new India. I asked Swara what August 15 means to her. 
I mean, I think August 15th is a special day for everyone in India because it is, you know, it is our independence status. It is the day that India was declared independent, that the British sort of left, that our own self-rule. It's also, I think it was a day of great hope and idealism. But I always feel like, you know, it's also a day that we should remember our history. It's a day that we should remember the context of our freedom. It is a day that we should also remember that there were certain values and there were certain ideals, despite the fact that our freedom was one, uh, was fought, the struggle was fought by many people, all of whom came from different political opinions. But there was still some unity mm-hmm. in, the fa- in, in what they had envisioned for this country. I think that it's I know that 26th January 1950 was when the constitution of this country was adopted. But I think that 15th August is really the day that we should take a moment to look at the preamble of our constitution because that is a document that envisions the goals of India's freedom struggle. And that was a goal for a sovereign, socialist, secular, democratic republic that promised liberty, fraternity, justice and equality to all her citizens. And again, I'm saying, and I say this again and again because I feel we're living in very conflicted times in India. It is something we should remember. It is something all our politicians should, should remember because I feel like so easily in today's time, our politicians resort to this really dangerous discourse of hate, of violence, of divisiveness. And that, I feel, is really betraying the, the goals of our freedom struggle. I'm listening to you, Swara, and I can hear your father's voice <laughs> in the background. How important is both your mother and father in the way that they shaped you to the person that you are now? Because I know Dad, through being a defence analyst, and uh, is very popular and extremely well-respected. And... How much of that moulding has impacted on your life today? Everything. I always say I am everything I am because of my parents, because of the way they brought me up, because of the freedom that they gave me to a girl child in India growing up in the, in the 90s. The fact that I actually grew up without the awareness of gender. That is a huge thing for our society. I literally... I, I think that the kind, of, the kind of confidence and the kind of fearlessness that I have is um, as a person in my thought in my action is because I know my parents have my back I really and I, I can't claim any more achievement than than the fact that I was just able to do everything that I did because I knew that I could always go home to my parents whatever happened like literally whatever and the options could range from emotional domestic heartache crises to like political crises I have told my parents everything about like they know every detail of my life down to like which boyfriend was broken up with for which reason and who was not quite a boyfriend but yet whatever everything uh, when I came to Bombay they have supported me I shamelessly took money from them I told them that you know I'm a heavy investment imagine that you are investing in the railways alright so it's <laughs> the gestation period is long you will get your returns in 20 years so please lay the railway lines <laughs> and my poor parents they're decent people you know they made the early mistake of being liberal with me when they were bringing me up and I feel like they're paying for that oh, to gosh, date sorry. but I think that the fact that they supported me so much in this decision to become an actor an actress and the fact that they I had the fiscal support it meant so much because I never had to do work that I didn't want to I never had to do anything I didn't want to it gave me the confidence to say no 
to any work I didn't want to do. I, I, I mean, I, I kid you not that I have had 4,000 rupees in my account and I have refused work that I did not want to do because I was like, it's okay, I'll call my parents and take money, but I don't want to do this work. So I think that that is... The it's about values, isn't it? And actually standing up to what you believe in, in yeah. terms of what is appropriate and what is not. Absolutely. And I think that's probably why, you know, people are drawn to you because you do stand up for your beliefs. And then I make the, the comment, how important then it must be for families to actually stick together and that those values are critical in this generation that, that is emerging. The biggest thing that, that parents and families can do for their girl children and for any children is to support them and to give them the confidence that they're there. Because it's a crazy world. It's, it's a world that's changing at a very fast pace. And I, I think that especially in a country like India, the best way to ensure that your values are, your children imbibe your values, they respect them, they live by them, is to actually give them the freedom and put the responsibility on the children. One of the things my father said to me when I was moving to Bombay was actually, it was an amazing thing. Because there's a lot of, there was at that time a lot of controversy around this casting couch business, you know, in, in Bollywood. And he said to me that, you know, Swara, you're going, I mean, anyway, we don't have much control on you, but now you're going to a different city and you're an adult and, you know, we, we, we may not even know what you do or how you spend your hours. But just remember, you have to wake up every day in the morning and look at your own face in the mirror. So don't do anything. And ultimately, you have to answer at the end of the day to your own conscious conscience. So don't do anything that you can't look at yourself in the mirror and you can't answer yourself. And I think that is such a beautiful, a beautifully liberating way of making a child an adult by giving them the responsibility for their own life. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that is, as parents and as adults, that is really the best thing that one can do. Swara, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. You are absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure. <laughs>